The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Magana. Rocky, uh, can't say Chiefs are undefeated when playing down to an opponent. Uh, it's something that feels like we can expect each and every week when they're playing a bad football team. But again, for the second week in a row, it is ugly. They probably deserve to lose the game in multiple ways, but they find a way to get it done and they beat the lowly Houston Texans 30 to 24 to clinch the AFC West crown for the seventh consecutive victory. And Jacksonville just got a pick six to beat the Dallas Cowboys in overtime. Uh, Weird day of football, Rocky. How you feeling? Oh, man, this is the way that the battle for the West ended. Not with a bang, but with a whimper, as uh, T.S. Eliot once wrote. This is not the game we expected or that we wanted, but it's the game that we got. And we'll take the division title, but you can't feel good about this team moving forward heading into the playoffs. They are not peaking at the right time. It seems like they're doing the opposite of peaking. They're valleying at the wrong time, Stephen, and you can't feel good about the direction they're moving in. This game was tough. Um, There's more red flags coming out of this game than even last week and a poor performance against the Denver Broncos, which I was willing to chalk up last week to, hey, that's a divisional game. Those are weird sometimes, and you struggle uh, against teams that you play multiple times a year and teams that know you really, really well, that was not the case against this Houston Texans team. And I understand that the Texans almost upset the Dallas Cowboys and the Jags did just upset the Dallas Cowboys. But when you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you have Patrick Mahomes, it's not really acceptable to have a performance this bad. And I was going to start with things offensively, and I want to get into the kicking issues and the referees and the flags and all of that because it all impacted this game in negative ways for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think where we have to start is with this defense. And we're at the point in the season, Rocky, where the Kansas City Chiefs defense is going to be the biggest thing that stops this team from finding success in the playoffs for the second consecutive week. This defense looks like it is in shambles right now Um, against the Houston Texans. Again, a one win football team. 
The defensive line generated zero pressure today. I don't even know if Chris Jones was active in today's contest, to be totally honest, because I didn't notice him a single time today. The Chiefs defense cannot get off the football field. They cannot force turnovers, even though they did come up with that big one in overtime against Davis Mills. Again, one win football team. But for 95% of the football game, the defense did not play well. And for the second consecutive week, they looked totally lost at multiple times throughout the game. Spagnolo said this week during his press conference that the Chiefs need to do a better job of playing transition defense after turnovers, right? Like he said, when the offense turns over the ball, we got to get on the field, stop the opposing offense, and get off of the field. They did not do that today. They didn't stop the opposing offense, period. Like Davis Mills look, is not an NFL-quality starter. There's a reason why they've been playing two quarterbacks and bringing Jeff Driscoll in because Davis Mills isn't good enough on his own. But for the second straight week, we saw a struggling quarterback come in and look like a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like this defense, they're undisciplined. They're unexplosive. They don't create turnovers. But what they do is create a lot of penalties. Like they give away free yards. Like they're like one of those guys that shows up at the grocery store during Christmas time and buys everybody's groceries. Like they're just buying groceries for the opposing offense left and right and just letting them march their way down the field. Like, I'm sorry, but this defense is an embarrassment right now. And I know that somebody called me out, you know, um, in the comment section for saying that this defense was an embarrassment a couple weeks ago. But this is three straight weeks of subpar performance by our defense. At some point, it's no longer an outlier. It's a trend. And a trend becomes a fact if it happens long enough. And so I don't see an upside for this defense right now. They're not playing up to up to the level that's expected. And they're not playing like a like a playoff caliber team. I think the most frustrating part about this defense this season is we saw promise early in the season. And now when you go back and look at it and you really try to dissect some of those performances where we were like, man, they've got so much young talent. They've got so much room to grow and, and get better as the season goes on. And you know, Spags defenses normally struggle to start the year, and then they come on late. That's always kind of been his MO. And it's just been the polar opposite this season. And now you're starting to question, like, what are we getting out of these young players? Like, are these young players turning the corner? Because it doesn't seem like they are now. It seems like they're moving backwards and the most frustrating part, I, I think, is, you know, not the linebacker play, not the run defense, not the inability to get off the field in third down situations and third and shorts and the tackling and all of that. It's the defensive line that is not generating pressure now. And yeah, I understand that they've gotten a lot of sacks this season. I understand that Spags has been good at the blitzes and, and dialing things up, but it's pretty evident to me at this point in the season that they cannot generate enough pressure with this defensive line. And when you get into the playoffs and you play the best teams in football, it's going to be a huge problem for them defensively. Yeah, it's going to be a huge problem because they have all these resources sunk into the defensive line and they cannot create pressure without blitzing. And then sometimes when they blitz, they still can't create pressure. Like the Chiefs have invested all this money into pass rushers but outside of Chris Jones, who I understand he did have an illness this week, so some people may give him a pass saying they had a quiet week because he was sick. Okay, give Chris Jones a pass. Outside of Chris Jones, there's not a consistent, reliable pass rusher on this team. Carlos Dunlap is fine. 
but he's not he's 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 fine. He's not good. He's fine. But because the rest of the team is so bad, he seems good. It's the same thing with Melvin Melvin Ingram last year. We were so pass rush deficient that Melvin Ingram seemed like a superstar to us. He wasn't a superstar, and he's not a superstar this year either. You know, he's fine, but we have a lot of guys who are fine, and we have no difference makers in the pass rush outside of Chris Jones. If Chris Jones has an off day, then it's just completely absent, and there's no pass rush. It, it's gotten to the point this season, and you know, you you hope that you can still develop George Karloftis into being an impact player, and I think that George can be that, but – you know, right now it, it, during his rookie season, like he is a ser- serviceable defensive end. He is not a game changing defensive end, at least not this year, not what we've seen from him this season. But it's just so frustrating because we talk about this defensive rebuild that they went through over the offseason and, you know, looking like, you know, maybe you did get a lockdown corner in Trent McDuffie, who struggled again today for the second consecutive game. Legereus Need did actually play pretty well, like one of the few uh, Chiefs defenders who had a nice game today. But, man, it feels like the way this thing is trending, the Chiefs are going to have to go through a rebuild of that defensive line this offseason, and I don't really know where you find the answers there. Chris Jones is somebody that's going to be looking for more money soon. Um, and they have to make a decision with him. He's obviously the best player on your defense and it's not really that close. And then you've got a bunch of other guys that you, that you're just kind of hoping turn things around or, you know, you've tried to go address it in the draft. But uh, again, there's a lot of numbers out there that say drafting these guys late in the first round where the Kansas City chiefs are going to be drafting. You don't have a very high likelihood of them becoming you know, day one starters are high impact players. And then you start talking about free agency and there's just at one point this season, the future seemed bright for this defense. And now it's totally shifted over the last couple of weeks where it's like, it doesn't feel like this defense is good enough. It, it feels like the chiefs are going to have as many questions this off season uh, about that side of the ball as they had last off season. And all of a sudden, it, it, it's just hard to feel good about the Kansas City Chiefs, even in a win. And as, as frustrating as that is, I'm usually the guy that's like, no, it's a win. It, it's a win. You got the job done. Okay. But this is the kind of win where you say, well, yeah, you're just better than the Houston Texans. The Texans had no business being in this football game. And you certainly had no business going to overtime. Like, it was just another bad performance from the Kansas City Chiefs, even in a win. And... The red flags are merited right now, Rocky. I mean, you look at three weeks ago against the L.A. Rams, and you said, okay, the Ram- the L- Chiefs probably should have beat the Rams by more than 16 points because they were a much better team. But they kind of let the Rams hang around because the Rams have a good defense, and the Chiefs didn't play their best football, blah, 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 blah. Go to the next week. Oh, wow, okay, we're going to blow out the Denver Broncos. Oh, wow, the Denver- we got Chiefs got up 27-0, and then they took their foot off the gas, or they got too confident, or they don't know how to play with the lead, or, or blah, 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 blah. We let the Broncos get back in the game. But it's okay, because we're going to be playing against the 1-10-1 and and Houston Texans next week, and that's going to be our get-right game. That's going to be the game where we go out there, we, we, put our, we put the pedal down, and we blow out a team. But what happens? They take us to overtime. Things are progressively getting worse the further we go. And, and I understand the idea about that, okay, you could say that the Chiefs aren't ever in a position because of their success to draft elite pass rushers. But guess what? 10 out of the top 20 sack leaders this year 
are either not first round draft picks or not playing with their first team. Okay, so yeah, so half of the half of the top sack leaders in the NFL are first round draft picks playing with the team that they drafted them. There's still the other half of those sack leaders that are on their second team or were not drafted in the first round. You can find production if you could either A scout or B coach. You can't tell me Karloftis wasn't a prospect coming into this year. He was. And so guess what? If he's not doing something, then that's on the coaching. That's on Spags. That was Spags's guy. Spags needs to coach him up and get some production out of him. I'm sorry. Like whatever happened to what was it back in the day? Um, Tom Bahali, right? Well, he took it upon himself to start working with the jujitsu master. Was it J- Master Joe Kim, right? On the hand fighting. Like, where are where's our football players going out there? Find a jujitsu master to teach them hand fighting, to give them the edge to get around the like to get around the edge and to, and to get to the quarterback. Like it's not good enough to, to bull rush yourself right into the left tackle. And if you don't beat him off the snap, say, Oh, well I try it and just keep just reaching, just keep reaching. Like you're some kind of freaking zombie trying to grab the quarterback, engage with the offensive lineman, hand fight with him and beat him. You know what makes Von Miller so great? He's got a great dip. He's got a great bend and he's great at hand fighting. He's a complete pass rusher. We don't have a single complete pass rusher on the team. Chris Jones beats people because he's a monster and he's a huge physical specimen. But as far as technique goes, we are our, our pass rushers are so technique deficient, it's embarrassing. And that's on Spags. It's it's particularly frustrating not generating pressure against this Houston Texans team when you know I, I talked to our friend from the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Ron the Show Hughley, who works in Houston and covers the Texans earlier this week. And he told me all about this Texans offensive line. He was like, they should be able to destroy them. Like Laramie Tunsil's a good player, but everybody else is a red flag along that offensive line. And the Chiefs did not generate pressure at all today. Like they were struggling to get to disrupt Davis Mills in any way. And I understand Chris Jones was out out sick this week with an illness. So maybe that did have something to do with it. But man. It's when he's the only guy who can do it, when he's the only game wrecker, like you just need him to come up and make a play. And he was absent today. Everybody else struggled. But you know, ultimately, the huge game-changing play that got the Chiefs the victory is the overtime fumble by Davis Mills that was recovered by Willie Gay. So the Chiefs do get it done, and you know that they're able to get that done. But I, I want to move to the offensive side of the ball and you know, talk about – that performance a little bit because that wasn't pretty either. But if you just look at the box score, it looks good. Like the numbers look pretty good. The offensive output looks pretty good. Travis uh, or Patrick Mahomes winds up with a huge game, 36 of 41, two touchdowns, 336 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries, 86 yards. McKinnon adds another 10 carries for 52 yards in the game winning score. He also gets into the end zone uh, in the passing game again, has another eight catches for 70 yards today. Kelsey's over 100. Juju's got 88 yards. MVS made a couple of big catches. But it was still, at the end of the day, just sloppy things. And they got flagged a ton. And this referee crew, who Kansas City Chiefs fans know well, Carl Jeffers is a joke. And 
doesn't belong on an NFL field, but he continues to have a job and he will continue to call NFL games and he will continue to be terrible at it and throw plenty of flags against the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Chiefs offense is still going to be the reason you win football games. It's going to be the reason that they hopefully find success in the playoffs, but it was just a sloppy all around performance in every facet for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Texans today. Oh my God. It was, it was extremely sloppy. I mean, turnovers and penalties, right? Like those are the two things that you need to mitigate. You need to be positive in the turnover differential and you just need to play clean football and not commit a lot of penalties. And yeah, Carl Sheffer sucks. He sucks as as, as a referee. Everybody knows that, but guess what? The chiefs played sloppy football and more than half of the penalties called on them were their own fault. And they, they they got penalized at the wrong time. Like they had, they, they did not play good situational football on the offensive side of the ball. And then they turned the ball over, you know, there was, there was what, two fumbles, one by, uh, one by uh, Juju and then the other one by Pacheco. Like that's Pacheco's fourth fumble of the year. If you want to be a lead NFL running back, you got to hold on to the ball. Like, like, like you just can't give the ball over in those situations against a bad team. Like all you're doing with these penalties and these turnovers is keeping a bad team in the football game. Like if you hold on to the ball on both of those drives and then score, this isn't even a game. Like it, the that's the thing. Like the Chiefs, like the offensive players. If you go player by player, they didn't play bad games, but collectively they didn't play smart situational football. And that even goes down to like playing for the field goal at the end of the game instead of the touchdown. Like I mean, like this 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 Chiefs offensive team just doesn't seem to have a killer instinct in them. They don't wake up until they're losing. They can't play, but they can't play with the lead. They don't get the lead. And then they have to find some sort of chip on their shoulder to get angry to actually come back and start playing. It wasn't until Travis Kelsey got his personal foul because because Desmond King wouldn't get up off of him that the offense even woke up and started playing in this game. They came out completely flat and the first two drives of the game and just went three and out, you know, essentially. And like you got to be able to find a way to get fired up without being behind or without feeling like somebody has wronged you. Like, like, like playing the game and winning the game and winning your division. Like if going out and winning your division isn't enough to get you fired up, then I don't know what is. Like you're playing the game. Like why are you even playing the game if you're not going out there to win your division? Like, this, like the fact that this Chiefs team needs an external motivation to get them going is an issue. Yeah, and I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know if it's – this confidence in Patrick Mahomes because he's the best player in the world. And it's something that they've struggled with for the last couple of years, but the referees were a huge issue in in this game. And, you know, Carl Jeffers is uh, the referee who chiefs fans (laughs) earlier this season at Arrowhead stadium. It sounded like uh, that chiefs fans spooked him and his voice was cracking. And so I think it's safe to say that he might have a little bit of a vendetta against the Kansas city chiefs, but uh, I I think that a lot of the flags were bogus and heinous in this game and just absurd, but uh, that's kind of the the way things go now in the NFL. There's bad flags each and every week. There's poor refereeing all across the league and it does impact games, but it's something we just have to live with until they address it in, in some way, which I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but The reason I was most frustrated with the Chiefs offensive performance and this is a game where they trailed 14 to 13 at the half because Harrison Butker misses uh, another extra point. 
But the most frustrating part of this game, and the Chiefs definitely gave the Texans opportunities to win this football game, was the final drive from Patrick Mahomes where Chiefs are moving the ball plenty of time to get into scoring position and, and try to put it in the end zone and just end it in regulation. And all of a sudden, on the final drive, that final series, Andy Reid just gives up on the drive and says, we're going to play for the field goal. Like, there was those final three plays on that offensive series. There was no attempt to even really get a first down, let alone continue to try to keep the drive alive and put it in the end zone just to end it in regulation and not have to settle for your liability kicker at this point. And they said no. And then they get the ball first in overtime. Patrick Mahomes gets sacked on third down. They punt to the Texans. They catch a break that Davis Mills fumbles the football and they and they get it inside the Texans red zone and Jarek McKinnon finishes things off. Like they gave the Texans plenty of opportunities to win this game. And, and really at the end of the day, it feels like they were lucky to escape Houston with a win, how they played offensively and defensively. Oh my gosh. I mean, really don't get me started on the chiefs reliance on Harrison Bucker when you knew he was already unreliable in this game. And uh, shout out to Robert Sanchez in the comments. I am going to need a stiff drink after this game. Like most definitely after watching this game and watching how this went down, I will definitely need a stiff drink. I got some 21 uh, year old Glenn Fittich over here that I might have to tap into here and here once we get off this, this, uh, this post game show. But yeah, like, Harrison Bucker's unreliable, and we've said it all along. The Chiefs rushed him back from injury, and Dave Tobe said he's not going to be 100% this year. What does that mean? That means he's not going to be reliable like he has been in the past. Like he's going to be battling against an ankle injury for a kicker all year long. And so what do you do? He's already shown that he's not locked in necessarily today. Like he missed a point after attempt. And so you're going to put the entire game on his foot at the end of the game when you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback against the worst team in the NFL. Like, come on, man. Like, it's just, it's not smart football. Like if you want to be a winning team and you want to be a Super Bowl contender, then drive down the field and win the game. Like, that's as simple as it goes. Like, you want to be a winning team? Then drive down the field and win the game. Like, don't don't play for the field goal. And I, I wonder, Rocky, if – and, you know, I, I know Pete and John talked about it this past week on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show where it was kind of a weird Andy Reid game uh, against the Denver Broncos where it, de it did seem like he was being overly aggressive compared to most of the time where we see Andy take his foot off the gas and, and try to slow play these things and just not – you know, cost themselves the game by playing sloppy or something like that. And maybe he was over overcompensating a little bit last week and being a little too aggressive. And then it was just polar opposite this week. And so maybe that played into the decision-making in this game. He saw how sloppy they were playing and was just like, we just got to get out of here and, and got too conservative down the stretch. But I don't think Harrison Butker's healthy, but there's there's reason to question just his effectiveness as a kicker at this point. Like he is becoming a liability for the Chiefs. The special teams in general are a liability for this team right now. You just don't get any playmaking from the special teams whatsoever, though. Kadarius Tony did return to the punt team today and had a couple of nice punts. And it's like if he could just stay healthy and stay on the football field, maybe they've got something there. Maybe they've actually got a weapon back there. But overall, the special teams have been a detriment to this team all season long. And then when you mix all of that with a conservative Andy Reid and a, a kicker who is just down bad right now, like 
all of that's a recipe to lose football games. They still get it done uh, as they should uh, against a one win Houston Texans team. But this is going to be a game that I think we think about for a while, the way we think about that Colts loss and how the chiefs allowed that to happen. They didn't lose this football game, but at the end of the season, when you're in the race for the number one overall seed and, and you're trying to get a buy and you see how Buffalo just performed uh, against a dangerous Miami Dolphins team and then you play this way against the Houston Texans, it's worrisome. There's a lot of red flags that came out of today's game. A hundred percent. And here's the whole thing. It's like none of the top teams in the NFL are necessarily playing their best football. These are the dog days of the season where you're just trying to close out your season and solidify your playoff position, right? Like, like Buffalo had to come from behind against a very dangerous Miami team, and that was a great victory for them. That was awesome. But I think if you ask Buffalo fans, they don't think that they played their best game. You look at at uh, Philadelphia right now, and they they were I don't I don't know how the game ended because we came on here, but they were in a slugfest with the Chicago Bears. Philly, which Philly is, did win. They did win, which but it wasn't a great game. Dallas lost to Jacksonville, if I'm right. They they ended up losing to Jacksonville. Yes, they did. It was right? a, so you, a pick six in overtime. Uh Dak Prescott threw an interception. It was returned for a touchdown to win the game. So none of these teams are necessarily playing their best down the stretch. They're just trying to close out the season, get to the playoffs. I'm sure it seems like a slug, but the difference is is that this is three weeks in a row for the Chiefs. This isn't a one-off game. This is three games in a row where the Chiefs have played down to competition and not played as well against a team that they should have blown out. And that's that's the concerning part is that this team seems to be in a downward trajectory that they haven't quite pulled themselves out of yet. And where's going to be rock bottom? Are they going to is it is rock bottom going to be next week? Are they going to lose next week and then end up as the number two seed and then say, oh, we got to wake up and start playing better? Or are they going to keep squeaking out these games against lesser teams and then first game in the playoffs just crash out against a good team like end up playing against the chargers or the Bengals, and then and crash out like i mean at this point that seems more likely than them waking up and then just running the table and being the team that we expected them to be yeah and next week's matchup against the seattle seahawks and i i know the seahawks have floundered quite a bit lately and they really need a win because their playoff hopes are are drowning right now. And so Seattle really needs a win. That game's going to be on, on Saturday, Christmas Eve at noon. And I don't love the matchup really <laughs> Rocky, the way this team is playing right now, defensively, like Seattle's got some serious weapons and, and Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf and, you know, Tyler Lockett's probably going to be out of that game after suffering a finger injury. So they, they haven't officially ruled him out, but they've said he's going to be in doubt for next week's game against the chiefs. So, but the way they're playing right now it is worrisome and you got three games to figure it out. And that's all they can do right now. You've got the Seahawks, you got another game against the Broncos and then the Raiders. And, you know, all of a sudden this three game stretch right here at the end of the season, where we were talking like, Oh, they're going to run the table and you just need Buffalo to stumble and Buffalo has got to take on the Cincinnati Bengals next week. So that's obviously going to be a really tough game for them. But Buffalo seems to be playing better, and they're getting things figured out defensively, whereas the Kansas City Chiefs now on a weekly basis continue to worry you. And all of a sudden, this three-game stretch with the way that they're playing, I'm a little bit worried about it now, even though it's a, it, it, it's still favorable. It's still in the Kansas City Chiefs' odds, but 
it, it, it's just not it's just hard to not be concerned with what they've shown us the last two weeks and, and the lack of improvement really in, in any way i mean all season long we've been saying okay the chiefs need to figure out their offensive line their tackles are not protecting patrick mahomes well um they need to figure out their special teams they've been having special teams problems all season they need to figure out their pass rush their pass rush hasn't been up to par and they don't get they don't get a solid pass rush okay our secondary struggles against big wide receivers you know we need to figure out what to do against big wide receivers at some point we're running out of time to figure it out like it's not there's no longer figure it out time like we might just have to accept that this is just who we are like like, like our offensive line probably isn't going to get better our our pass rush probably isn't going to get better. Our secondary is not going to get better against tall wide receivers, which doesn't bode well against DK Metcalf next week. Our special teams is going to continue to make costly errors because they're not disciplined and they're not well coached this year. I mean, I'm Dave Two's been with is the assistant head coach, and he's been with the team for ten years. Every every single thing that special teams done has his fingerprints on it. Like he's 100% responsible for every single special teams misstep this year. And we know that Andy's loyal and he's never going to move on from a coach. And I'm not even calling for anybody's head right now. But what I'm saying is every single special teams error is on Dave Tobe. And at this point, these flaws that the team have, they're not things that the team's going to work out. Like this is just who we are at this point. And, and you just better hope that Mahomes, Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jet McKinnon, who, by the way, we talked about a little bit in our private chat before this game. Jet McKinnon might be the second-best offensive skill player outside of Travis Kelsey right now. He was phenomenal today, and he's been phenomenal for weeks for, for weeks now. Like he is, he is a revelation, and the Chiefs need to at least get him four to five targets every single game and at least 10 to 11 touches because he he's a weapon on offense he's the guy who's the most reliable in pass protection and he's he's a veteran who's going to protect the ball and and move the ball down the field for you yeah and i think that's accurate um it's i i do think that's why kansas city was kind of saving him early in the season and they really said as much all throughout the year like you know we're just trying to make sure he's he's healthy and available for us later in the year and they're starting to deploy him that way. Like we've been saving you for this role all year long. So let's roll. And he's come up big in back-to-back games. And we saw Isaiah Pacheco just totally whiff on a blitz pickup today. They got Patrick Mahomes absolutely crushed in the backfield. And Jarek McKinnon is obviously much more reliable like that. He's the best pass walker that they have in that backfield. And it's not even close. He's the best pass catching running back that they have. And it's not even close and he's explosive and he's got the vision. It's, I I think that it's, I think Jarek McKinnon is the most dangerous weapon that they have outside of Travis Kelsey. Maybe there's an argument that Juju is the more reliable option there. And, And I think Juju has been great this season, but, this offense is better when they're finding ways to get Jarek McKinnon involved. And I want to see that moving forward. That was one positive thing that came out of this game. But again, Kansas City Chiefs win their seventh straight AFC West division. And the way we're talking on this postgame show, it probably doesn't seem like it. But it, it's still a win. It, it was just an ugly win, hard-fought win, uh, where... Patrick Mahomes play is probably going to be overlooked a little bit because it was such an ugly overall performance from chiefs offensive line and the chiefs defense, but Patrick Mahomes was great and he was good enough in this game. 
to get you a win. So I want to remind you guys, uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast page, we will have all the post-game press conferences for you um, immediately after the show. So make sure you stick around for that. But let's get to some of our listener questions. Hashtag AP Rapid Reaction Show in the comments section if you want to try to sneak something in here at the last minute. The play calling has not been good. That play call on third and four was horrible. The short passes have worked all game, and, and they go for a deep play. Yeah, I, I think that Andy Reid gets in these funks sometimes, and then we'll see a game where they have this offensive explosion and everything works to perfection. Um, you know, I hope they get out of it offensively because the offense is the key to this team winning a Super Bowl and trying to go on a playoff run but they're struggling right now. And, and really, I, I don't even think it's as much on Andy. It has a lot more, in my opinion, to do with their execution, which has been poor recently. And the offensive line play is getting worse and worse every week. And that's affecting Patrick Mahomes because he was getting lit up today by the Houston Texans. And the Houston Texans do not have a defensive line that you should be scared of. And they were laying hits on Patrick Mahomes today because the protection was so bad. Yeah, I mean, pass protection, blitz pickup, it was all bad today. And I think that there is something to be said as far as the play calling goes. We know that Andy Reid notoriously scripts X number of plays, whether it's 12, 14, 20. I've heard different numbers over the years. But if you think about it today, those that script, whatever he scripted today didn't start off well. Like whatever he scripted for today's game didn't go well because both their first two drives stalled. And so there is something to be said that maybe today's script just wasn't what he was expecting and it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. And I like, like sort of said, like he's like, it's, it's late in the season. Things are getting stale. Things are getting in a funk. There's a lot of tape on the chiefs offense at this point, and they got to find a way to freshen it up. And I think they will. I, I think there is something to Andy Reid saving things for the playoffs and stuff like that. So I, 100%. I, I think- I think offensively they will be fine. They just got to figure out how to get Patrick Mahomes some better protection because the offensive line has not been good enough over the last couple of weeks. Uh, silver lining. How about Jared mother bleeping McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> not Jared. I thought I was going to say Jared Goff for a second. Uh, MVP of the team, carry the team today despite Patrick Mahomes, 36. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, McKinnon was great again. Mahomes was great, too, despite the fact that his protection failed him time and time again in this contest. Uh, but like we just talked about, I think that Jarek McKinnon is the most explosive and dangerous offensive weapon that they have uh, outside of Travis Kelsey. And you know, Juju's the reliable chain mover, but I think Jarek McKinnon's continued expanding role in the passing game is going to be something that can hopefully help them get out of this funk and something that will really unlock the chiefs defense ahead of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. And I mean, yeah, of course, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback who's ever played football. Any criticism of this team isn't necessarily a criticism of Patrick Mahomes, except for when he deserves it. Um, but I mean, Mahomes is the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. I mean, so like, like the, the, the problem with this team is that is that Mahomes can't do everything. And so Jerry McKinnon has been a breath of fresh air. That's really kind of taken the load off of Mahomes a little bit and given him that, that, that outlet pass or that guy to the flat or that screen pass or that guy who's going to protect him in the blitz pickup that he can count on. I mean, because Mahomes can't do it all. And so McKinnon, 
along with Mahomes have been two of the bright spots of this of this bad run because both have still been playing well. Like like I mentioned already in the earlier in the show, like I I think they were legitimately trying to save him for this late season run and in the playoffs because they saw how effective he was last season for them in the playoffs. Like he he is a, a consistent weapon for them in the passing game, and they got to find a way to keep him involved in the offense. Chiefs haven't had a great pass rusher since Derek Thomas. Well, I mean, I think Justin Houston and Tom Bahali were pretty good. Um, Justin Houston's still out here making plays, and he's having a pretty nice season for the Baltimore Ravens at, at his age. Um, so they've had good pass rushers since Derek Thomas. Maybe not one that was quite as special as Derek Thomas, but it's hard to find these guys. And the defensive line is not winning you football games right now. So it's, it's, hard, uh, it's hard to disagree with that. But the Chiefs have at least had some uh, good pass rushers over the years, just maybe not this season. I think that, that's, that, that the issue is, is that the Chiefs have had great pass rushers since Derek Thomas. The Chiefs no, notoriously have had wonderful edge rushers. Like you got Derek Thomas, you got Tom Bahali, you got Justin Houston, you got Jared Allen, who was a freaking madman coming off of the edge, right? A, a late round selection who turned out to be one of the best pass rushers of his of his of his era of his time, um, who went on to the Vikings and still produced big. I mean, that the Chiefs have had pass rushers throughout their history. Pass rush has never been the Chiefs' issue, you know, until this most recent this this most recent you know you know, Spag, so Spags took over as defensive coordinator, which is funny because Spags has always been known as a guy who creates a lot of pressure off of the edges. Um, and so the Chiefs have to find pass rush. It's not like them not to have pass rushers. And it's, it's their identity has been getting after the quarterback on defense for as long as I can remember. I mean, go back even further. Buck Buchanan, I mean, you go all the way back to the beginning of the Chiefs, They've always got after the quarterback, always. And yeah. so the fact that they don't do now is an aberration to their history. Uh, and, you know, like we've talked about, too, it's the defensive struggles are not all on the defensive line either. Like I, I give Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams and, and Jalen Watson, like those guys, I, I give them a little bit of a pass this season because I, I think they were thrust into a difficult situation and, and Kansas City certainly didn't expect to start uh, three rookies who are playing significant snaps for you in your secondary this season, but it's the safety play that has been a total detriment to your secondary. Like Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill just are not giving you enough back there. And it, so it's, it's collectively as a group, the defense isn't giving you uh, enough right now. It, it, you just aren't getting enough out of that side of the ball to make you feel good about the Kansas city chiefs right now. But uh, thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Please make sure you follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magania. You can follow Kramer on Twitter as well at Kramer Talks. Again, make sure you stick around after the show. We've got all the post-game press conferences for you if you're listening to us on the podcast page. And as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. If you listen to the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, you know we are on the road to a 1,000 reviews right now. Pete Sweeney's going to eat an entire ice cream cake if you can help us pull that off before the NFL postseason. So we'd really appreciate your help there. Uh, but after that, Kansas City Chiefs win. Take take the AFC West for the seventh straight season. We will talk to you guys this week ahead of the Chiefs Saturday matchup against the Seattle Seahawks.
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Chiefs take down the Texans 30-24 to to clinch their seventh straight AFC West title. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, running back Jarek McKinnon, and Chiefs CEO Clark Hunt. We'll go in that order. Here's head coach Andy Reid. Making sure we got that football in hand. Um, and then offensively, uh, you know, between Pat and Kels and um Pacheco and McKinnon I mean uh they had a great day I um Quez's catch before half I thought was was phenomenal um so just all around uh good um a good fight we we got to do better in the penalty area uh turnover area we've got to make sure we 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 fix this um but we'll we'll get back on that the important thing is uh, that we won the game, and they're, they're tough to get in this league. So we're going to enjoy this one and uh, on the way home, and, and then we'll get ready for a good Seattle team coming in on Christmas Eve. So time's yours. <clears throat> like sure. You know what? The guys were fired up. I mean, um, that's a hard-hitting group, uh, football team. They know their our, our team knew they were well coached, and I, I mentioned it to you guys. I mentioned it to the team that <clears throat> you, you you can't in today's world in the NFL uh, records you can't go by the record. Uh, the, uh, the everything is so close, the parity, and you're off by like a fingertip catch or maybe a penalty or a turnover. I mean, it's just one thing. It's never been where there have never been so many close games as there is right now. They've been determined by one score. So, um, you and the tape tells you the story. You put on the tape, and we knew it was going to be a battle. We we just we felt that going in, and uh, like I said, a well-coached team with with good players. And so, um, it was important that we you know, we kept going through four quarters. What's going on with uh, Harrison Fudd? <clears throat> Yeah, you know what? Being a kicker is a little bit like being a batter, and sometimes you, you get into a slump. But he's a he's a great one, and he'll get through it, and then um, he'll come out of it uh, even better than what he was. But we just got you got to keep kicking, and uh, and that's uh, that's what we're going to do with him. Yeah, just keep your eyes up. He, he kind of put his head down, and and they were able to get underneath that. Uh, just keep your eyes up. You have a better chance of hanging on to that thing. 
uh, he had two hands on it, so you know he, he did good there. But uh, sometimes when you bend over like that, they can they can get you. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was hoping we scored a touchdown. I mean, honestly, I'd, the way things were going back and forth and, and some, some of the calls that were going on, I just had felt like we needed to make sure we, you know, we, we scored a touchdown. So, you know, it didn't work out that way. Um, but, you know, if we had to kick it, I was okay there too. So, I mean, I, I wasn't – that can be taken two different ways. No, no. I, I wasn't saying that – yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Ridiculous. You can't. You can't have that, right? The guys know that. Uh, nobody tries to turn it over, but uh, you got to do the best you can and um, hang on to the football and take care of the football if it's, if it's quarterback. But you know, we did. We did a good job with that. But you mentioned the, what you mentioned the penalties. Only uh, have uh, double-digit How do you, in, in the short time frame, but knowing week, week in and week out? Yeah, sure. Uh, you got to work your fundamentals and techniques, and then you got to trust them. So, when you're out there, and and uh, that's what we'll do. I mean, that's the simplest, simplest story. You saw Pat and what he did. I mean, he, he took care of business today, and um, he went back to work and, and worked on it. I mean, you're talking about a guy that if he, if he's not the MVP in the league, I'm not sure you know what's wrong with it. But I mean. That, he, but he cleaned it up and comes out and, uh, you know, we have almost 500 yards of offense minus 100 penalties. But it was, um, you know, that's a pretty spectacular day there. So, but that's what he did. I mean, great example of how you go back to the drawing board and make sure that you, you, you clean everything up. One of the things that we talked about last week was cleaning it up. What's that say about, you know, about what, he, what he was able to do today? Yeah, just what you know. I just repeat what I said. Be simple for it. Just yeah. Well, number one, you see how this team, the the heart that they play with, and then two, the the defense is tremendous. I mean, he, he's got he's he's running, and I presume it looks that way. And um, and they do just some good stuff uh, on that. Offensively, they're creative. They're banged up a little bit. See, the injuries kind of can get you there, but um, he, he's. Uh, I, I look at the scheme uh, of of the offense and defense and how they do on special teams, and they're right there. You know, they're right there to get over that hump. And the, this type of game helps them. Uh, the Cowboys game helps them, and uh, the, they will. They'll get over the hump and and uh, and be right there for you next year. Yeah, very creative, very creative. Uh, <clears throat> you have to prep for two different looks, um, so they're, they're different. They're different offenses there. I thought our guys did okay with that part, and you know, we, we shot ourselves a little bit with the penalties. That's what. That's where we got into trouble on third down and that. So, I get off the field, but I thought we handled that decent. All right, we're gonna go around <clears throat> and start with that. Maybe another AFC West I told the guys my hat goes off to them. So, I mean, that was a that was a, a, a way to fight through it. And there, there's a you know there's a certain uh, 
you know, you set a certain level, and these all these new guys come in. They go, "Hey, man, we got to win. We got to win this thing." And uh, you know, there's an additional pressure on that. But just to get through it, you can see that was a that was a positive thing. And then you can sail from there. So it's a uh, uh, you got that done, and now you just go go do your thing, you know, go play. Yeah, so that's a new rule that came in uh, last year. You guys can look it up. It's complicated. Um, but, yeah, contact and uh, and then forward progression and all that. I mean, there's a couple different things that go into it, but you can look at, look at it. I, they were right. I mean, they were, they were, yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a new rule that hasn't, that'll be the first time I've seen it, so. Last two. Yeah, it's tremendous because everybody has a piece of this, you know. So that's uh, even you guys, man. I mean, it's it's exciting for you. You get to uh, cover a team that that's wins, and you you got something to say about it, which is good. And that's uh, and that's the way it is with the organization. I mean, it starts with, with Clark, and we all kind of work down from there. And um, you know, he gives us an opportunity to win, which uh, that's not the case everywhere. Last one. Do you believe all teams? Yeah, well, you're gonna have some hiccups with with the young guys, um, but they they play their tail off and go 100 miles an hour. Um, so you can live with that because they're gonna make some plays that are big time plays, and then there's gonna be a mistake here or there. But um, it pays off for you down the road after they get through all this, and uh, and, and they've progressively gotten better as the season has gone on. And then we've got enough veterans in there that can help help them with. Uh, that peer part of it that you get, you know. Um, so, and our guys are good with that. Our veteran guys are real good with that. All right, thank you, Coach. Okay, thank good. You. Yep. Yeah, I mean, obviously we know we have a, a lot to work on uh, to clean up at least uh, with the turnovers and the penalties. Um, but uh, you have to celebrate. I mean, we still won the AFC West, and uh, you have to enjoy that. And I told the guys to do that and enjoy it for, like, the plane ride home and, and tonight. But we got a short week this next week, so I enjoy it, and then we'll get back, right back to it. Yeah, I mean, early it was for sure. Um, I thought after the first few drives, we kind of got it going off offensively a little bit, but... When you turn the ball over, you, I mean, it keeps changing games, and that team played hard. I mean, they have, they have some playmakers, and they play hard. They're well coached, um, and if you give teams life like that, they're gonna they're gonna make it a battle, and uh, that's why I mean, you see in the NFL, man, no matter what your record is, the margin of winning and losing is so small, and Coach Reed preaches that, and I'm just glad that we found a way to win it in the end. Yeah, just a big play. I mean, that's why we have guys like Frank on the team, man. He's a he's a guy that makes big plays in big moments. That's that's what he's done his entire career, uh, especially when he's here with the Chiefs. And uh, uh, we 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 punted and gave them a chance, and he, they make that big play, and then uh, Jet kind of iced the game. So uh, you uh, you get those playmakers on your team, uh, those leaders, uh, to make plays in big moments, and he did. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, you, you always want to end the game with a touchdown. I mean, obviously, we're in field goal range, so we were going to protect it and play it a little bit safer. Uh, and um, they, they brought everybody up in the line of scrimmage um, to stop the run. 
Um, the offensive line washed him down, um, and then Jet hit the hit the right spot and 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 showed off his speed that he still got. He's getting a little old, but he got a little bit of speed left and and got in the end zone. So uh, it's a uh, it was just execution by everybody. Uh, everybody did their job, and um, when we do that, we're hard to stop. We just got to do that for an entire game. I know there's, you know, I remember in Arizona back when you said there's always something to prove. Mm-hmm. You know, Yeah, I mean, when you when you start, I said all the time when we start every single season, the first thing we get told when we first walk in is let's win the AFC West. That's our first goal um, to come in and win the AFC West. We believe it's always a tough division, and obviously with the players they got in the off season, um, it was even tougher. Um, and that, that we accomplished our first goal. Um, and so our next goal is to try to establish home field advantage. It's not in our hands, but we can do our best to uh, be ready in case we get that opportunity um, and then to win the Super Bowl. So um, we just kind of continue to get better and better. I mean, obviously we have a lot to learn from this game, um, but we have to continue to get better as a team. Um, so when we go into the playoffs, we're ready to go to try to make a run. Patrick, you mentioned, you mentioned the turnovers. Uh, they had one uh, fumble earlier in the game. What was your, your message to them? Yeah, it's, I don't even have to say anything. I think guys know, uh, especially with how Coach Reed calls the game is when you when something like that happens we're going right back to you um and you saw that with Isaiah I mean we started running the ball and he started running extremely hard even harder than he usually runs and then um with Juju he, he fumbles and he got some more catches as the game went on so Coach Reed does a good job of keeping those guys involved not, not letting them hang their heads um and they know uh that we all believe in them um on this team and that's what it takes if you want to be a great team Yeah, I mean, that's, their, their front seven is, is good, really good. I mean, they got guys that can play, and we knew that coming in, and you could see it on the tape, especially when you watched the Cowboys the week before. Um, but they, they did some blitzes. That, they blitzed everybody a little bit more than I was expecting. Um, but uh, we, we got, finally got a handle on it a little bit in that second half and were able to move the ball. But they got through in a few blitzes that we weren't, we weren't really we, – we had scouted, but we didn't expect early in the game. And so uh, they did a good job. They're, like I said, they're well coached. Um, and their record hasn't been great, but they had a lot of good players on that team. Last three. Can you talk about some of the hits that you took that one, especially where you kind of the ball dropped and you got kind of slumped down to the ground? Was that one of the harder hits of the game that you took? And what are your thoughts on that hit? Yeah, I haven't seen it on like tape or anything like that, so I, I don't. I don't really know what it looked like, but I, I, what surprised me the most was like I feel like I'm a pretty heavy dude, and I feel like he threw me pretty easily there. So uh, he's, he's a strong guy. I think it was 96. He's a strong guy, so uh, I'll try to stay away from him next time we play him. Patrick, you talked about your excitement about coming here and making your first start in your home state of Texas. Can you assess your play, and what was it like to make that first start here? Yeah, I'm glad we won. Uh, last time I played here, we lost. So uh, I was glad we won that game, and uh, we battled. Obviously, it wasn't the, we felt like we didn't play our best, but uh, we, we found a way to win in the end of the day. And so uh, now we just need Texas Tech to win here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think I just went back to the fundamentals. When I watched the tape from the week before, I felt like I left easy throws out there. And so uh, today I try to take those when they were there. And you got to keep third downs manageable. Um, you get Take those easy completions. And when the shots uh, present themselves, you try to take the shots. And uh, there wasn't a lot of opportunities with the coverages that they were playing. And so we did a good job of just kind of moving it down the field uh, little by little until we could get in the end zone. All right, thank you. Uh, when we was on defense and they caused the fumble, mm-hmm. 
it happened so fast. It was just, you know, we were trying to get our thoughts together on the last, the previous drive. And um, I don't know who made the fumble. Was it Frank? I think it was it Frank? Frank? Yeah. Um, you know, we were just thankful for the opportunity because, you know, and in, in that specific situation, you know, as the offense we is, we definitely want to go down and score and make it hard. So, uh, you know, it's a big play by Frank, man, and give us a chance, have a chance to win the game. And um, then, you know, once we got the ball back, uh, everybody was just like, we need to score. Uh, you know, sometimes when we get in that position this year, we, we field goal or, you know, just wasn't satisfied with the outcome. And, um, you know, it was great blocking, man. I didn't even get touched on the play. And, um, yeah, man, they made it easy for me, man. So, shouts out to everybody. Derek, at what point did you know you were going to score that play? Uh, nah, we, um, we were coming into the huddle and, um, you know, Obviously, we were in four-minute, running four-minute ball and they're stacking the box, so it was a little tough. And, um, you know, Pat was like, he looked at me, he said, two hands on the ball, let's go. I said, I'm about to score. <laughs> and um, Juju looked at me, he said, I got your block, bro. Just when you find me when you get out there. And um, it worked out exactly like that. Uh, I made it to the second level, and I literally ran off of Juju's block and was able to score. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just crazy. It worked out like that, man. Power of the time, man, it's crazy. Nah, but you know, like I like I said before, uh, you know, for us to come out and start slow in games is definitely not who we are. It's not our identity. It's not what we want. Um, but you know, along the course of the season, you know, things happen, and um, it's not pretty. It's not the nicest, but uh, find a way to win. That's all that matters. And. Um, you know, when you come out with a win, it's much better when you look back at the tape versus the other, being on the other side. So, uh, you know, we just thankful for the opportunity to win the game, have a chance to win the game, and uh, come out victorious. As a vet, as a vet, that running back from over your message, I just told him to keep his head up. You know, we all human. Uh, I mean, you know, numerous players have fumbled on offense. I fumbled on offense. So my, my message with him was, you know, bounce back. Uh, the great ones respond. Uh, I definitely think he has the ability to be great in this league. So that was just my message, just, you know, keep being you. You know, we all human. We make, we make mistakes, but, you know, the great ones respond. Show me you're great. And, um, you know, he always answers, man. Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he brings so much energy, man. You know, the guys, you know, we love him. So. What does it mean to you to win the AFC West? Sorry. Say it again? What does it mean to you to win the AFC West? Uh, it's a blessing. Uh, this is my second year with the team, uh, two AFC West. Uh, championships, uh, it's a blessing. You know, I was just talking to the people outside. I said, you know, some guys go their whole career and never win the division, never make the playoffs. So, you know, when you have the opportunity to be in this moment, you got to enjoy it. You got to cherish it um, because, you know, everybody doesn't get the opportunity. So it's just a blessing to be here, you know, play on this team with this coaching staff and, um, you know, be in this position. I mean, they're always extra, <laughs> uh, but, you know, Pat, he's tough. Uh, he's mentally tough, physically tough, and um, above all, he's one of the greatest competitors that I played with. And uh, you see it on tape. You've seen it today. You've seen it throughout the season. So uh, to be, you know, on offense with a guy like that, a leader like that is definitely amazing. And, um, you know, he's tough, man, and it shows. Um, he's always striving to be better, you know, no matter what type of game he has. Uh, he comes in Monday and is right to the next script. 
uh, how can he be better? Um, and, you know, the thing about him is no, no matter what the score is, no matter how many points we're down, how many points we up, he wants, to have, he wants to have his foot on the gas, you know, the whole time. So that's one of the things that I respect and love about him the most. Um, you know, we all got to pick each other up. Um, 17 weeks is a long season. Uh, nobody's perfect. Um, we all make mistakes. We're all human. Um, but, you know, we, we have the utmost belief in Buck and that, you know, he's going to make those field goals. And, you know, he's been so clutch for us in the past. So, you know, if he goes out and misses a field goal, all right, cool. On to the next. We got we to gotta find a way to pick up. Offense, we got to score some more points. Uh, defense, we got to make some stops. Uh, so, you know, like I said, man, this team is so – the chemistry is so tight. The bond is so tight. And um, I think you see that in the play, in the film. We turn the film. You see it week in and week out. No matter what the struggles are, we find a way to overcome. We find a way to play team ball. Right. And I, I asked this to Coach Lawson, to you because you're a nine-year veteran. There's so many veterans on this team, but there are 10 rookies mm-hmm. on the active roster. Just how, from your standpoint, you've seen this sort of combination work. Yeah. Still winning. It's been a good mix. Uh, it's definitely been amazing watching those young guys come in and learn, you know, in camp, you know, try to figure it out. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys were curious, you know, how, you know, the older guys take care of their bodies, you know. They're real, you know, they had a lot of questions. And, um, you know, to see them, you know, progress throughout camp and along the course of the season has definitely been amazing. And like you said, it's 10 rookies. A lot of rookies playing, and they're making plays for us. You got Pacheco, uh, B. Cook played on defense. You got McDuffie, Watts, Jay Watt. Uh, Jay Will, I mean, it's like George, it's a lot of guys, man. So, um, you know, Sky, you know, the list goes on and on. So, you know, those guys, you know, the more reps they get, the better they're going to get. And, you know, as that goes, the more comp- the more confident they get. So, yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right, first of all, I want to congratulate Coach Reed, his staff, and all the players on a hard-fought victory today. Um, we ended up clinching uh, the division uh, for the seventh year in a row. Uh, that's really quite an accomplishment, very hard to do in the National Football League. And it's a testament to the hard work of Andy, Brett, and, and their staffs uh, for putting together a, a team that has a lot of players who's able to come out uh, and get that done today. Um, however, uh, the team recognizes that uh, we've just given ourselves an opportunity. Uh, the most important football is in front of us. Uh, we've got some important regular season games over the next three weeks, and then the opportunity in the playoffs to hopefully get back to the Super Bowl. I'm happy to open it up with any questions. Well, obviously, seven in a row doesn't get on to you. Uh, but what to say about the stability and you know, how you have your yeah, I think one of the most difficult things in the National Football League is consistent success. Uh, the rules are designed to make that difficult, uh, whether it's the draft or the salary cap. So it's a real testament to the job that General Manager Brett Feach and Coach Reed have done uh, over the last several years. Um, we obviously have a bunch of young players, and we've got some new players, and Andy and his staff have done a tremendous job of incorporating them into the team, and that's just part of the National Football League, and uh, they've really done a fantastic job, and I couldn't be more proud of them. Clark, is there anything about this title that stands out to you? Well, every one of them special, and uh, you, you certainly uh, enjoy clinching uh, this early. 
but uh, as I said, there's a lot of football ahead of us. Uh, we've got to make sure we stay focused, starting with the Seahawks on on Saturday. Um, we we need to you know bear down these these last three weeks. Uh, hopefully, get some home field advantage in the playoffs because that's important. Um, and then the other thing that really stands out about this year is the number of young players. Uh, we heard uh, Coach talk a little bit about uh, their contribution. Um, it's difficult when you have as many rookies uh, as we do uh, to get them to play at a high level on a week-to-week basis. And I think Coach Reed and his staff have done a tremendous job there. Well, I, I think that's true every year, uh, whether it's the AFC West or, or just the other teams in the AFC. They're, they're going to focus on trying to knock off uh, the, the reigning champion. And it feels like every week uh, when we come out uh, that, that it's a Super Bowl for the team that we're playing. The game's that, that important. We're going to see their best. I think that was certainly true of the Texans today. Uh, my hat goes off to them. They, they gave us all we could handle today. And, you know, that, that's true on a week-to-week basis. Uh, same thing with Denver last week. And I'm sure Seattle will be, will be of a similar mindset when we get there on Saturday. You got a sea of red out there today. That was almost like a home game. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't uh, say enough about what a great fan base uh, we have. And uh, I, I know many of them took the opportunity as we approached the holidays to, to travel down here to Houston. Um, we had a bunch of fans out there. Uh, you heard it in the national anthem and then throughout the game. Uh, so our fans are a big part of our success, uh, whether we're at home or whether we're on the road. Uh, we really have a tremendous fan base. The Chiefs' kingdom is, is very broad. Well, I think you can see that he's maturing uh, as a as a player. Uh, he came into the league as a remarkably mature young man, um, and the responsibility that, that he had coming right out of college was tremendous, and he handled it well. But his game's evolved uh, as as we've uh, moved on in his career. Uh, certainly there were some question marks uh, about the offense this year, given the changes that we had at the receiver position. And uh, I think he's, you know, showed that, uh, you know, he is the best quarterback in the National Football League, and he's been able to to adapt his game to continue to win and, and put up very impressive numbers on a weekly basis. All right. Thanks, Clark. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.